Welcome to this episode of The Just Godcast. This week, Dr. Rob talks about having a friend by being a good one. There's so much misunderstanding around this idea that we're about to talk about. It's challenging. It's challenging at best. People have so many different opinions. They they want to tell you what they believe. They're unsure about what they believe, and they don't even know what is right. And so we want to talk about getting friends by being one. Have you ever wondered in your life, have you ever wondered what kind of people that you needed to be with or what type of person that you need to be if you're being a friend? Now, these ideas, these ideas and opinions are widely spread. They're widely spread. They're embraced. Everybody's got these ideas and everybody's got opinions about stuff. But yet at the same time, what we need to know as people who are people of faith, who we don't just believe in God, but we believe God, that we need to understand that there are requirements to every relationship to enter that relationship or to be in it. Now, what we don't understand is that people in places really determine the outcome of our lives. So there are two things in this arena of friendship that are important. Number one is to choose friends wisely. The Lord Jesus is our example about everything. I think it's really interesting to me about how much focus people want to put upon Jesus, yet at the same time, their lives don't necessarily match up to the things Jesus said. And so even the Apostle John talked about it, that who do you think is justified? Jesus spoke about it as well. Who do you think is justified? The one actually who says it or the one who really does it? Well, truth be told, it's the one who really does it that matters, not the one who just says it. So we're all running around, you know, screaming about how great it is and how great Jesus says while our world is going down the toilet. Just recently, over this past 10 days from the time of, of me putting this on paper, you know, there have been two mass shootings. And yet what we want to do is we want to talk about guns. Now, hey, we want to talk about guns all day long. But yet at the same time, the thing about it is people don't ever really talk about what the issue is. We want to talk to people about what other people are supposed to do, not what we're supposed to do. We think that the amount of people that are in prison, that that's really that, you know, these guys are bad guys or it's really their environment. Really, think about it. Wouldn't you really think it's their parents? Say, well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, these people are, that's the reason why that we, we kind of have uh, abortion. Are you kidding me? How about if what we do is we make pro-choice before you spread them? instead of afterwards. My, my body, my choice. 
Well, okay, but once it becomes your body and you make a choice, then you become responsible for the choice. I think that it's much simpler in all of these areas, especially in the area of friendship. The first thing is that, of course, you need to choose friends wisely. But the second thing is of the utmost importance, and that is to be one that is worthy of being called a friend. See, when it comes to all of these things, it's not like, well, this person's my friend because of what they do. No, uh, what needs to be important is that how about me? Me and being a friend. Jesus was the ultimate. He's the, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the one you know, he's the one that put it inside of David that lamented over Jonathan's death. He said, Jonathan, Jonathan, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, he said, Jonathan, your love was great to me. He said, better than the love of any woman. And he wasn't, he was not a same-sex person. He said, your love was great to me even deeper than the love of marriage. Because friendship, friendship is so important. But how do we choose friends? In Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 26, the Bible says that the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked will lead him astray. The righteous need to choose their friends carefully. Now, this is much like getting married. It really is. And you know you need to choose your friends wisely, but you also need to choose your spouse wisely. So it's much like getting married. You can have the you can write down the best looking list that there is for a prospective mate. But I have a question. Is that have you prepared to be the kind of mate that someone would write a list about? Most often what we do is we spend so much time thinking about what other people should be, but very little time of thinking about what you and I need to be. I know that God is faithful. He is faithful in everything. So I don't think about what I don't get about his part. I only think about my part. Jesus said, you're my friends if you do the things that I say. Now, I guess that means that I'm not if I don't. You know, I can get a ride on the bus, but that doesn't mean that I get to talk to the bus driver. If I wanna to talk to the bus driver, I'm gonna to need to make sure that what I'm doing is that I'm actually doing all the things that a person who's riding the bus needs to do. But like friendship, marriage isn't a game. True friendship in life is costly, and it's for keeps. It's a lifetime. It's not just for a time. People should not only be able to rely on us, but we must also be able to rely on them. 
I cannot tell you the times, and really, friends, in life, it's really been most times for me. But I cannot even explain to you the times that, that I needed someone to be a friend to me. And when my back was against the wall, all of a sudden, they couldn't come through. They just didn't come through. And it's like, mm, man, you just get stung by all that. And the Bible talks about that. It talks about betrayal. So in life, have you ever been betrayed? All the feelings that come from that, the mood swings that you have, it goes from anger to hurt to pain to yearning to be near them, not knowing what you want to do. You just want to, uh, you want to be around them because you know that they need you more than ever. It's so funny. I mean, I see it when it comes to love in between a man and a woman, but I, I also see it with friends. There are people that are outside of my life right now that I still pray for, that I believe that they may be going in a great direction. I pray for them. I thank God for that. But also at the same time, they may be going in a direction that I know is not the right direction. There was a young man, a man that I loved deeply, and he meant so much to me. He was a, you know, he was a minister, went to Bible school, did the whole thing. And Linda just told me um, within the last couple of days, she said, so-and-so's uh, profile, it no longer says minister. Their profile's now an entrepreneur. I doubled down on my prayer. Why? Because they don't want to talk to me. Why? Because jealousy overtook their life. They wanted instant gratification, not, not long-term gratification. Anything that you want instant will never come. You'll have this little thing in the instant rather than this huge thing that God wants you to have at the end. Most often what people don't realize right now, for you don't need things right now. You're going to need them later on when you don't have a career. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us in chapter 11, he says, you know, give a portion to seven and also to eight because you don't know what wickedness is going to come upon the earth. You and I don't know what type of changes are about to happen in our society. Get things paid for. Don't live your life in debt. Make sure that you've got people that aren't really going to betray you. You know, Jesus faced that in betrayal. And betrayal just means to expose someone else to danger. It's just danger. It's a breach of faith. It's a breach of trust. It's, a, it's just a, it's a stab in the back, actually, is what betrayal really is. That while you were fighting, all the enemies to your face, they turned around and stabbed you in the back. But now, did, what was the situation when Jesus faced betrayal? In John chapter 13, verse number 21, the Bible says, now after he said these things, Jesus became very visibly upset. 
And he told them why. He said, one of you, he said, I'm, I'm upset over the fact that one of you is going to betray me. One of you is going to do it. As the story goes on, and they asked him, I said, Jesus, who's it going to be? And he said, in verse 26, he said, the one whom I give this crust of bread after I've dipped it. Then he dipped the crust and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And as soon as the bread was in his hand, verse number 27, John 13, 27, says, as soon as the bread was in his hand, Satan entered him. And Jesus said to him, what you must do. He said, do, do it and get it over with. Get, get it over with. A trail you can get over, you just find it difficult in the anticipation of when that's going to be. But how does it feel? Now we're talking about getting friends by being one. But this is what happens when it doesn't work out. David faced the betrayal of Ahithophel. Now, Ahithophel was David's counselor, been with David really all of his life. And finally, what happened was, was because of the situation that happened with David and Bathsheba. And it is said that Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. And that betrayal for David entered Ahithophel's life. And when the opportunity arose, when Absalom was now in the midst of attempting to be able to take over David's kingdom, Ahithophel betrayed him. And when Ahithophel betrayed him, it brought out a number of different emotions. In Psalm 55, verse number 12, the Bible tells us, it's not an enemy who taunts me, David said. He said, I could bear that. It's not my foes who so arrogantly insult me. That just, he said, I could have hidden from them if that was who. He said, instead, it is you. He said, my equal, my companion, and my close friend. That's who it was. He goes on and he says, and he's lamenting, and you can hear him just pouring out his heart. Speaking of Ahithophel, he says his words were smoother than butter. He said, but war was in his heart. In verse number 20, he said, as for this friend of mine, he betrayed me. He broke his promises to me. So what do we look for in a friend? What do we look for in a friend? And that's important because we're going to talk about what do we need to be as a friend? So what do we look for in a friend? First thing is humility. Number one, humility. It's really difficult to be around people who all the time just believe their own press releases and, and talk about themselves and all the stuff that they've achieved and and, and I go, yada, yada, you know, whatever. But humility is one who doesn't believe their own press release. They're secure in their own ability without being able to or without having to tell everyone what they've done. 
their presence is enough. Humility. Number two is generosity. Generosity. Even the most humble will annoy you if they're stingy. You want a generous person as a friend. I know I, know I do. I do. I, I mean, honestly, it just gets tired having to be the one who all the time does all the stuff. Now, I don't mind. I don't mind that, but I don't think it's right. It's not good for them. It's not the fact of whether it is for me. I mean, God's been really good to Linda and I. I I'll never complain over what God's done in my life over a pencil. The third thing's reliability. We need to have reliable people in our lives. They're consistently good in quality and performance. Consistently performing correctly. You know you have a good friend when they're passionately for you. They're passionately for you. And that's what I want to be. I want people to know how much I love them. Fourth thing is being trustworthy. Being trustworthy is to really be able to um, hold on to an ample amount of discretion. Keep your mouth shut. That's what I want out of my friends. Keep your mouth shut. You don't know who's going to use what you say. I don't mind anybody knowing anything. But it's not them knowing it. It's what they do with it once they do. The fifth thing is people have to have a sense of humor. I asked someone the other day, I said, um, I, I twisted my ankle at going to church last week. And, um, and so I went and I had to have it looked at to make sure that it wasn't broken. And, and I was asking this girl, I said, you know, how many people come in here and tell you jokes? And she said, nobody does. So I did. Because sometimes when people see other people, all they get is negativity. And you don't want to bring negativity where there already is negativity. You just, be, you just become more of a reason why people want to quit their jobs. The sixth thing that we need in a friend is similar morals. Now, morals isn't, isn't physical, sexual stuff. Morals is that the seat of truth that lives on the inside of you. We think similarly. The things that enrage me enrage them. The things that they support, I support. Then, the seventh thing is that they neither look for nor avoid confrontation. They're not sissies. So many people that you meet in life, they just don't want to confront any issue. I'll never forget the time I was in South Africa sitting and having lunch with two legends. And they got into a conversation. I never met these guys before. And I and I wanted to be, I wanted to be in their circle. They started talking about someone. And I just I put my fork down, I put my knife down, and there goes the beautiful steak. And I just said to them, Do you know that man? I said, I do. I said, he's not perfect. I said, you know, let any one of us that's without sin throw the first stone. I, I mean, I know that. I said, but you don't need to discuss him in that manner. 
I said, now I'd appreciate that if I, um, that if I'm ever with you, that you don't bring a person's name up with that kind of gossip. Well, there went my career, but I was a friend. The next thing that you want in your friends is respect. They have a deep admiration for someone and something. They're respectful. They're respectful irregard, irregardless of someone else's achievements. Respect. You need a friend that's encouraging. I just texted someone this morning in another country and I said, I, I said, God's provision for you will always be there. Make certain that your vision for God is always there. Whatever you need, I am there for you. I said, thank you for being such an inspiration to me. I'm thinking, me being an inspiration to him, are you kidding me? This guy's achieved like huge in life. But you need someone that encourages you. And then with it, there, there needs to be, lastly, there needs to be an exclusivity. Now that doesn't mean that the, that the, the person doesn't have any friends, any other friends. But what that means is, is that when you are inside their life, you're the focus. What you need is a focus for them. So, okay, so we know what we want in a friend, a spouse, we know, in a worker. But what do we make a promise for in being a friend? What do we promise? As a friend, I promise that my friends will never knowingly hurt at my hands. They will, ne they will never hurt in their life because of me. I will never be an embarrassment. I will never say the wrong things. I will never be someone that they're embarrassed of. Number two, I also promise, I also promise that I am willing to confront their enemies. I'm willing to confront their enemies. As a friend, number three, I promise that I will pray for them. I'll pray for their marriage, for their careers, their finances, their mental health, their businesses, because my friend is going to be blessed in life. The fourth thing I promise is that I promise to deposit more into the relationship than I ever take away from the relationship. I promise to deposit more time, more money, more passion, more connection, more introduction to new opportunities for them. The fifth thing I promise is I promise to encourage them. Because when you're alone, it's so hard to encourage yourself. You forget that you need to do that. I promise to encourage them. I promise to support them. I promise to bring them sug suggestions for success in their life. The sixth thing I promise, I promise to be available for their whole family, to encourage them, counsel them, show them anything they need in life.
That's what I promise. Having friends by being one. It's so, so, it seems to be so small, but it's so great. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Just Godcast, where Dr. Rob brings you empowering insights and easy to understand takeaways that you can use to lead yourself, your family, and your team. We release episodes every Monday, so be sure to come back next week. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.